the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into our third hour. We do so as we almost always do on Tuesdays with our good friend Hugh Hallman, former mayor of Tempe, attorney, educator, businessman, man of uh, many parts. Uh, Hugh Hallman is um, is uh, in studio with us today, and want to I, I, I do want to take advantage of your expertise on on this uh, Russian missile thing, but we'll do it a little bit later. Let's first talk about last week's missile uh, that still seems to be causing some aftershocks. Scuds, yeah, scud missiles, yeah, some scud missiles yes. here and there. Not not very well aimed missiles that yeah. landed badly. Yeah. It's a tale of two cities in some respects, the election results. I mean, it is a tale We in Arizona. Um, you know, I started off much more optimistic last Wednesday uh, saying, you know, it looks like uh, we, we, we've taken the House and we have an even shot at the Senate. And uh, I thought Carrie Lake was looking to win. Uh, all of that got tempered over time. And uh, we still have the House. Uh, we won some important races. We flipped our congressional delegation to a plus uh, Republican, uh, two seat plus uh, Republican, which was, I have to tell you, one of the bigger embarrassments to me was that Arizona had a majority delegation of congressmen that were Democrats. So we got that taken care of. Looks like our state Senate is going to stay in Republican hands. And I think our state House, too, if I'm not mistaken. There is no gainsaying the fact, however, that the traditional midterm response to an incumbent came far below what historical trends showed and what a lot of us thought was going to happen. Um, There'll be a lot of lessons uh, learned if we're open to learning them. And um, I'll leave it with you to uh, give me your thoughts. I I don't know what more I can say, but maybe we have some analysis in us uh, between the two of us. Go ahead, Hugh. Well, um, this goes back a long way. So having worked for Barry Goldwater, having a uh, campaign for having worked for President Reagan's campaign, both as a volunteer in 80 and as a professional in 84, and having worked on a lot of other campaigns in between and since, the lesson I think I have learned is one I learned back in 2014. I was myself a candidate in a statewide office. And it was the first time that I had experienced such um, a division within the party that being uh, ha- having differences of opinion on policy was not sufficient. It uh, The person who might have a different opinion had to be excoriated and... Uh, browbeaten and called a rhino primarily. Within the party. Within the party. So I, of course, got fingers pointed at me frequently for being a rhino. Now, folks who were lionizing Ronald Reagan and then talking about the main issues, believe it or not, in the 2014 treasurer's race was immigration, Common Core, Medicaid expansion, and ultimately solar energy. It happens that I'd run schools and I had answered a question in a letter on a on a request for 
uh, funding from uh, an agency here in the state, a, a private agency, a charity. And their key question was, how will you handle Common Core? And my response was, uh, or rather, do you do you provide Common Core? And my response was that everything we do uh, aligns with Common Core curriculum. But more importantly, why would we shoot for such a low standard? Hmm. What my schools did was teach uh, students at a significantly higher level, that Common Core, in my view, is a very low standard. Now, folks were, at the time, on the Republican side, that was the most important issue in education. And it was being used uh, in a way like uh, critical race theory, as a litmus test, but not very well understood. And as somebody who'd been steeped in education policy, what most people perhaps didn't know, for example, in the state of Arizona is that Arizona had built its curriculum and about almost 90 percent of Arizona's curriculum was within the common core curriculum. And I got before all it existed for before yeah, it existed. Yeah. And I got all kinds of crazy questions like uh, I remember an older gentleman saying that uh, that common core was terrible because. Uh, when his granddaughter answered a question about what's two plus two, and the answer was, I like ponies, she still got the points because her teacher explained that that's what was required by Common Core. Now, all of that is nonsense. What you had, and I still find it amazing, is you had teachers' unions that did not want to adopt a higher standard for education policy that would require going back to school, perhaps, to getting better educated in their core subjects and teaching at a higher level because that's part of what Common Core was going to push. And it was very easily to manipulate Republicans into saying that Common Core was some kind of communist uh, uh, tragedy that was being foisted upon us by liberal lefties when, in fact, it was built by people from the conservative side to try to enhance and improve the common core of our educational system, which is a subject that I think we need to talk about. And that is that that common core subject matter was to help create a social construct, a common social understanding of our society in American history and in international and world history and require teaching of mathematics at a very high level, including calculus by the 12th grade. That's what Common Core was about for those of us who had worked to try to enhance. Now, the the, the proof in my pudding is that uh, my schools ended up ranked 15th best in the country as a place to go to school uh, by U.S. News and World Report. It became Veritas, right? Uh, well, Veritas was one of the core schools. Okay. Tempe Prep okay. was the founding school, the mothership we used to call it, and then Tempe Prep for- founded Veritas oh. and then founded Chandler Prep. And then I spun off those other schools into what is now Great Hearts. Okay. I worked that system to to create the opportunity for even more About students. which no one says has low standards. Correct. Right. And so Tempe Prep was the mothership, and it's still, in my view, uh, the, the purest model. Uh, and the, the, at the end of the day, this charter school, which I'm excoriated by teachers because I you know, ran charter schools and promote charter schools, how terrible, um, because that steals money from public schools, quote unquote, and of course it doesn't. Um, but uh, the the reality is that we could have worked together as conservatives to enhance the education and the curriculum in this state, um, Common Core or not. And if we've not done that uh, very effectively since, well, for 25 years. Uh, 
uh, Lisa Graham Keegan and others of her ilk in that era in the 90s worked diligently to create that common core in the state of Arizona on which public schools were surviving. And we, those of us on the private side, worked to create these schools to have a common base. The point I'm making is when I look at what ails us today in our environment, in our political environment, it is that we have over the last 50 years lost our teaching of the common social core of what this society is about. As a child, you and I both, I think you're old enough to have been subjected to the same stuff I did, that there would be in February pictures of Abraham Lincoln and George Washington in the room uh, in grade school uh, and that every you know, two weeks or month, there would be something of that sort that would be introduced in the classroom, that every child learned the Pledge of Allegiance and what it meant. They were walked through it as part of that process. And as we have disconnected from those things, we no longer have a common, we speak a common language without understanding one another. And so we have lost that connected social core so that we as American voters can't understand together the challenges our society is facing, that those on the left have so far separated from that common core of values that we can't even have a rational conversation about how do we secure our border, whether we should secure our border, uh, how we take care of homeless people, whether we should take care of homeless people, uh, whether or not uh, children should be required to complete 12th grade, if at all possible, whether or not we should be teaching children in middle school and grade school, that is, first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade, about sexual activity, that we don't have that common connection anymore has us very fractured as a society. And what's at risk is that the absence of teaching the values that gave rise to the society that would tolerate differences of opinion is now putting us at risk. My mother used to, as a child, I remember talking about because she was raised during the era in which the Communist Party made a run at uh, getting a toehold in the United States. And as a fervent Republican, the first in her family who worked for Barry Goldwater to build a Republican Party in this state, would die on the sword of, you have absolutely every right to be a communist if you'd like to, and I will protect your right to do so. As long as you understand, you don't have a right as a communist to overthrow the very things that allow me to say that. Mm -hmm. And we've lost that. Mm -hmm. I like your use of the difference of opinion notion because it goes back to Jefferson's distinction between not every difference of opinion being a difference of principle and woe be to the country that does treat differences of opinion as differences of principles. I think the left has done a good job of changing our principles. Maybe they understand your point a little bit better than the conservatives do. Maybe, maybe. And let's come back on that when we do come back, which will be shortly. If you are concerned with stock market volatility, our friends at Y-Refi have an investment for you in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that is not correlated to the stock market. It's a portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. You can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose, and there is no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Your interest is compounded daily, you're paid monthly, and there are no fees. 
It's a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate. How high? Up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right, 10 and a quarter percent. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, and then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI-34. That's 888-YREFI-34. You can meet with them. They're local. No sales pitch. They leave that to me and Larry Elder. They just like talking about what they're doing and letting it speak for itself. Uh, Hugh was speaking about our loss of um, of a common language here or common principles, perhaps, is the better way to start with that, as leading to some of these results that are so gosh darn head-scratching. Um, to highlight, I think it's fair to say, best I can tell, that the two single worst Probably the two single worst candidates, at least in the Democratic Party in this past uh, election, uh, were John Fetterman and uh, Katie Hobbs. And uh, it looks like uh, by every account I've seen, they've both won. How does that happen? Uh, There's a lot of explanations for it. But the one that I'm examining with you or interested in examining with you, and we can do this with other races as well, is, um, is, is, is that... When we look at what Fetterman says or what Katie Hobbs says or tries to say, in fact, can't say because they can't complete thoughts and sentences very well, um, it it's almost immaterial to too many people. It's immaterial to too many people because it doesn't matter. They stand for something that the conservative candidate or the Republican candidate does not. And what they stand for is a whole constellation of viewpoints that have become uh, the lingua franca of the left in this country, which has gotten much bigger than most Republicans are willing to recognize. I don't think enough conservatives and enough Republicans, I say it all the time, and, and people may think I oversay it, but I will say it until I think we get it, until someone proves me wrong. I just don't think enough of us realize how much less of us there are in this country than we think. Uh, We think that this country is center-right. We think that most of this country agrees with us. Um, And it turns out it just ain't so anymore. Uh, The second thing I will not tire of saying, although people may be tired of me saying it, is that you cannot graduate 7 million high school and college students a year for 30 plus years, 90 percent of whom are are drenched in socialism and Marxism and expect it not to have an effect. And as good socialists and Marxists do, change the principles of this country. You're absolutely right. We saw George Washington and Lincoln on our classroom. Well, I remember our nurse, Mrs. Cordes at Hopi, would once a year take every student out to the flag, blow her whistle, and we would sing patriotic songs at the end of the school year, and it was fun. Gosh, if there's a school in the country that still does that, at least a public school in the country that still does that, it'll probably lose its funding. Uh, my, my, my point is, Hugh, this notion of insularity, this notion of pan conservatism, where we think everyone else is as conservative as we are. I think the um, there is an elephant in the room that needs to be discussed, that people who are tremendous supporters of Donald Trump may not recognize how many people there aren't who 
uh, believe in Donald Trump the way they do. And I, I, I think these are the things that we really have to wrestle with. I am fascinated by one statistic that so far has borne out, and it may change a little bit over time. The statistic I am fascinated by, uh, which is parochial to Arizona and may be true in other states, but I haven't been able to get the data, is that the uh, the Mama Bear school board uh, candidates who uh, I'm particularly thinking of two in Scottsdale that made a big deal of this, Amy Carney and Karen Werner, and part of that Arizona w- w- uh, Women of Action crew, great crowd. They Why was voter turnout for those races 13 points higher than Senate and governor? Because they were talking about the issues that parents are talking about and concerned about with regard to their children and wanting to take that back. So I think there's a cultural aspect here that, is um, understood by some at the very granular or school board level. Um, We thought that what happened with our schools and our kids, some of it COVID, some of the education uh, deficits, uh, some of the torturing of our children along the lines you were talking about with the racialization and the sexualization of them. We thought this was case closed for the Republican Party. Turns out the candidates that spoke most about it tended to do a little bit better. Uh, the candidates that ditched those issues for other issues tended not to do as well. It turns out those st- things still matter to us. But this issue of a common language and a common understanding, it's very evident. That's what Marxists like to change. And if anyone reads – I mean why why is the theme around here make Orwell fiction again? The theme around here of make Orwell fiction again is because they are changing our dates. They are changing our founding. They are changing what this country was founded upon, not only in its ethos of equality and liberty, but in its very year of 1776. This is a big movement. And for those of us that have been screaming about it and telling people to wake up about it, I think I, 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 I hope it's not too late. I don't think it's too late, but we better wake up to the fact that the other side is big. And I would add that they recognize that they've got to be palatable to uh, those in the middle and those who are center right. I do believe the country is demonstrated as center right by the fact that here in the state of Arizona, Mark Kelly ran as a moderate Republican. Mm-hmm. I stand against Joe Biden when I need yeah. to and standing at the border. And, and Katie Hobbs is doing a video of her walking the border with sheriffs. That tells you that they know that the positions that you're worrying about, properly so, because of the, the lockstep uh, requirements of the of the Democratic Party these days, that they'll be pulled in that direction when we're not watching. But when they need our support, that is to win these races, they've got to run on the values that we represent. But what the Trump voter then has to understand is that it is the values that matter. And I think the reason that we see what would have been in any typical condition of a a year like this, where the Democratic Party's presidential Standard Bearer has done such an abysmal job. There should have been a wipeout in the numbers in a midterm election, and there was not. And in conflict are those people who say, I like Donald Trump's policies, but I don't like his manner. The people who were overcome by the manner and voted for a Democrat instead are telling you that their values that they stand for are important to them. And that the pieces that Donald Trump represented badly are important to them. 
as well as the pureness of the real policy, because I believe I've heard really smart people say that some of their gravest concerns about Donald Trump as a Republican is he hung on to some of the values or stood up for certain issues, but it's not clear that he actually um, hugged them tightly, that they were actually values that he supported, unlike a president like Ronald Reagan. That's the doubt. Let's pick that up when we come back. I'm Seth Hsu. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I'm Seth. Hugh Hallman is my guest, former mayor of Tempe, attorney in town. Hugh, just going into the break, making this point about the uh, the Republican voter who um, who 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 would normally vote Republican, but with some candidates may have been persuaded to vote for the Democrat or just as bad, actually not vote that line at all if the Republican turned them off because of how closely hewed, sorry, closely tied to Donald Trump they may have been or um, close in temperament to Donald Trump they may have been. They may have just left that blank. And and we can see some of that, actually, uh, in these races. The missing votes. Yeah, the missing votes. How can someone vote for Carrie Lake but not for Blake Masters? How can someone vote for Anyway, you you can do this all day long and you get the point. You take the point that that candidate didn't speak to them enough or didn't reach them or in some way turned them off or gave them enough doubt that they simply left it blank. Donald Trump is going to make a big announcement tonight. Uh, Most people are saying he's going to announce his run for presidency. I don't I'm not convinced. I mean, I'm not I'm not sure what he's going to do. I, I, I don't know the thinking. Nor do I think the timing is quite right for that, uh, given given what just transpired. But the way you talked about the Republican voter who voted for Donald Trump, though very skeptically so or held their nose while doing so because they liked the policies, but were very, very, very disturbed by, you know, temperament and, and, and eccentricities. One way I've heard that said, and I think it's become clearer since he left office than when it was when he was in office, but I think it's become clearer since, is that those people that love the policies but but not the man, um, they they are slowly coming to view that maybe they took the policy ser- more seriously than he did. Um, in some respects, his embracement of the policies we liked so much might have been here and there convenient or, to put it more negatively, more opportunistic um, than sincerely held beliefs, whereas the people who were holding their nose and voting for him hewed to those policies, tied themselves to those policies with very, very sincerely held beliefs. Um, and some of his candidates had some of that. Um, they they were not they, they were not committed um, or tested or Best word I have here, proven conservatives. They weren't proven conservatives, um, and they and they carried just enough of his eccentricities with him. Look, this exit poll that I've been looking at, this national exit poll that I have found so darn interesting, shows a vast majority of the American people, uh, let's see, 61 percent, believe Joe Biden legitimately won the election in 2020. Thirty-five percent of voters thought Biden 
did not legitimately win the election in 2020. Now, if you talk to someone who doesn't believe that Joe Biden won the election legitimately, they believe it very ardently and very seriously and can't understand how you can't believe that. And well, if you if you don't agree with them, you are abhorrent and should not be running for office in any way, shape or form, certainly not as a Republican. There's a side of that, too. There's a there is a portion of that in there as well. Scream rhino a few more times and you'll see how many people won't then vote for your candidate. There's some of that as well. There's I mean, I think I think we're seeing we're seeing a little of that in the in the byplay between some of the uh, Kerry Lake supporters and, and, and some of the uh, some of the other um some of the other Republicans uh, from Arizona. Well, we're seeing. Uh, I'm going to cut in. It's just you know when the party chairperson tells people if they're not conservative enough, they need to go find another party. You'll chase enough people out from supporting your party that you end up with the governor, the secretary of state, and potentially the attorney general as Democrats. You'll end up with two senators who are Democrats. That we were able to regain House seats, I think, is miraculous, but based mostly on the fact that redistricting did ultimately advantage Republicans this time around. And that helped. You didn't have to do it is also the point. I've always thought that those kinds of campaigns were based on pyrite or fool's gold. Uh, this is not a big difference of votes between Carrie Lake and Katie Hobbs. It's so close that you could taste it either way. But you look at someone who never touched any of that stuff, just didn't touch it, is as pro-life and as conservative as any Republican I've ever met, Kim Yee. She got more votes than any candidate in Arizona. Indeed. Yeah. All right. We'll pick up on a few other of these things and threads when we come right back. I'm Seth. He's Hugh Hallman. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Um, Hugh Hallman, tell me what um, what you would advise uh, you would advise Republicans in Arizona, Republicans nationally to be thinking right now as we go into 2024. I think a lot of us want to put 2022 in the rearview mirror. Well, you talked in the last segment about the fact that Donald Trump was a standard bearer still for many candidates and like it or not. He's not currently the president. Whether you think the election was stolen or not, the fact remains. Donald Trump did so poorly that the numbers would be so close that a finesse could steal it. I'm not saying I happen to agree with that, but the point would be if you were good, you would have won by a large margin. Let me tell you how many votes President Reagan got in the 1984 reelection. Forty nine out of 50 states, ladies and gentlemen. That's how you do it. And you you do it because you are trustworthy and loyal and helpful and friendly and courteous and kind and obedient and cheerful and thrifty, brave, clean and reverent, among many other things, because those are conservative values that you should walk the walk. And because we had a candidate at the top of the ticket in 2020 who split that base Lots of conservatives will hold their nose for somebody who is not a purist on abortion, for example, as long as they're a decent human being and they can be trusted. And there is an understanding that policy is going to require some hedging. Um, That is my biggest problem. I'm a policy wonk and I can at least argue with people about how do you properly secure the border? How do you fix the border? I'll give you an example. If immigration is going to be the issue in the 2014 treasures race. I've spent more time trying to figure out how to do cross-border business and create successes than probably most people in the state. 
And our border problem, it's broken, but it's broken for two reasons. Liberals don't mind folks coming into the country illegally because the main policy driver for them are union labor issues and illegal aliens cannot get union jobs. So they're not a threat. Conservatives, ranchers and others, didn't mind using illegal labor because they could get it at a cheaper price. So illegal immigration was being grown by both sides. And the left saw a chance to take people who were illegal and turn them into voters for Democrats by handing them goodies. And we've seen that result. 35 or 40 years of this pattern. And what Ronald Reagan negotiated for was we'll do amnesty once, we'll close the border, and we're going to fix immigration so that we bring people in who we need for good labor positions. Honestly, never got that second part done. And so we have a a broken immigration system where countries of very disproportionate size have the same number of people who are legally allowed to come into the country. And so when Guam and Mexico with very different populations have effectively the same number who can get here uh, legally, there's no wonder there's a long line, especially if you're immediate neighbor to the South. Now that's going to turn and it already has turned. Um, Our demographic here is aging. We need uh, labor to help us in many ways. I'd rather have Americans get good jobs. But now we've grown a, a, a culture here where working hard is no longer a value to many of our young people. Working long hours to get ahead is no longer a value. That's an example of that values piece. And what I would recommend we do is start talking about what values bring us together And welcome those people who share those values and figure out where we have the similar policy or principle, as you've articulated. We may disagree on how we implement that to get farther down the road. And I just spent so much time trying to move the ball forward that I recognized like a football player, we almost never get to run straight down the field into the end zone. We got a block and tackle and weave and bob in order to move the ball down the field. And Democrats got that from 1932 until today. They are rarely in a hurry to succeed in their victories where Republicans and conservatives try to move too quickly and outstrip our base. We got to bring people along. And it takes a while to do that. Let me ask you a technical or a series of mechanical questions that I've just been tossing around over in my head lately as well, Hugh. Um, I've worked on a ton of campaigns, uh, some at the presidential, some at the local levels. And and everything in between. And everything in between. And one of the things I noticed lately here, not just this year, but maybe in the last term, um, a lot of campaign managers running statewide races who have never lived here and a whole lot of people without experience. Um, I'm not saying – no experience, and I'm not saying there are exceptions. It's an interesting article in the Washington Examiner today, not the Post, but the Examiner, visited Kerry Lake's campaign, said you couldn't find a staffer over the age of 30. That's interesting. Um, I know of several campaigns here that the campaign manager in the primary was from out of state. Their candidate lost. Next thing I see is a tweet from them picking up a campaign for the general election in some other state. Can we run campaigns that way with, you know, hired guns from out of state to run statewide races? I suppose we can. 
But it's going to be harder, and it's not as if there aren't good people in this state to do these things. Anyway, well, I, I, it's, it may not be the most sexy topic, it's but a it's very a head-scratcher to me. It's a very sexy topic because it goes to the same issue that Republicans adopted a decade ago, which is you're, you're a professional politician. You have to be thrown out. And it's fascinating. I want to get a brain surgeon who's gotten some decent experience in the trenches mm -hmm. to make sure that my brain surgery goes well. Right. Why do we think that people who, I don't know, a former mayor who reduced expenditures, increased cash flow, uh, reduced regulation, and built now the most expensive city to live in, and I'm excoriated for that because poor people now have a hard time buying houses in the city of Tempe. Yeah, but everybody who owned them and owns them still did better. That's who I was delivering for, my constituency base. And that we built a business dynamism in Tempe that has not been duplicated very often. Now, the following eight years, disaster. Let's take all the liberal policies we can possibly think of and gut all of the conservative work that I'd done uh, and turn it into almost Phoenix's homeless camp that they've got uh, down on Washington and Jefferson. Same policies. You'll get the results you want if you pick people who demonstrate a lack of experience, uh, and a lack of knowledge and passion for the policy built that uh, build that gets us good results. It's a lot of darn work to take government organizations that are huge ships and turn them and keep them moving in a direction. And you don't get to do it all at once. Why do I say that? Guess what, Katie Hobbs? Half this state didn't vote for you. Don't sit there and do your touchdown dance as if suddenly the state of Arizona is now not divided. Half of us didn't vote for you, lady. Now, some people ultimately said that stupid is less dangerous than crazy. That may ultimately be how this got elected. Uh, this this election got decided by a lot of people not wanting to take the risk that the brand for the Republican Party would be further damaged. Because I'm passionate about it. I know what my mother worked for for 70 years. And I want the Republican Party to succeed. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Hugh Hallman has been our guest in studio. Uh, Hugh, uh, take us out. In the last segment, I talked about the fact that voters were selecting between candidates. And for most voters, they weren't happy with either choice. And I mentioned I've interviewed now probably 60 Republicans in this last week about who they voted for and why, precisely to understand. I've also talked to a number of Democrats. Democrats weren't happy with a failed Uber driver any more than Republicans were happy with somebody who'd been a television commentator who left that job because she says she was tired of having to lie about uh, the policies she believed in. But why would you have remained in a job where you were lying to your listeners? Those are problematic statements for candidates to make. And at the end of the day, we All the talked, while saying you built up trust with the Arizonans over 30 year career. Correct. Right. Yeah. And, and instead you're telling them you misled them. Yeah. So we talked a couple of weeks ago that I thought this this election was going to be uh, 
a, a, a referendum on Joe Biden. I believe it was. But it was also at the same time a referendum on Donald Trump mm-hmm. because that's ultimately how it got set up. All of the ads, the uh, the candidates, the Trump supported candidates, all of that activity pivoted and pushed this election to those two choices. And a whole lot of people don't like those choices. As you mentioned in a prior segment, 35 percent of Americans think the election was stolen 60-plus percent believe it was legitimately decided. You can't run races on a theme that says, I'm right, you're wrong, and you have to vote for me because I know I'm right. You have to run races with candidates who, who can appeal to a broad enough group with shared values and then use that base to advance the cause. Ronald Reagan did that. Barry Goldwater, as the senator of this state, did that. You may not like him, but John McCain was able to keep the state moving in a direction that was conservative. And but for many of his crucial votes, we would have been in trouble. That's what we need to do for the next cycle. Find our voice, find our values and concentrate on what brings us together, not the few things that separate us. And one other thing. I'll close with this. Take the primaries more seriously. Take the primaries more seriously, not about what makes you feel good necessarily right now, but what's going to make you feel good the Wednesday after the first Tuesday in November. I'm Seth Liebson. He's Hugh Hallman. God bless you all. Until tomorrow, class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.